This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, Geekscapists? Welcome. Oh, I, I didn't do that right. Let me let me reset. Ready to reset? Hey, what's up, Geekscapists? Welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. And you know I'm including that botched delivery in the podcast. Um, so this is Geekscape. We're going to be talking pop culture. Usually Geekscape, where you sit down with a guest, which we'll be doing later today, and just talk movies, video games, comic books, some TV, uh, and pretty much give you the most up-to-date, basically, opinion not so much news, but opinion <laughs> on pop culture. Man, this intro is going great. I do 600 episodes and 150 specials, and this is what happens. This is what 15 years does to a podcaster. Not a whole lot of podcasters have been doing it for 15 years. Maybe it's 15 years too long because <laughs> this is what happens. There can be addled podcast brain, and I've discovered it. I'm like Jeff Bezos. I'm just like, I just... uh journeyed to the outskirts just now but i'm on the outskirts of podcasting so this i i continue to push the uh outer reaches in my exploratory podcasting uh this is what happens when somebody's been podcasting for over 15 years is <laughs> these brain starts to go not that there weren't other factors of the brain going okay well you guys got it this is geekscape we're going to talk pop culture we got a good show katie's going to be joining us our co-host Tom Pinchuk, who's a writer for TV, comic books. He's going to be telling us all about his brand new book. That's coming up. And um, yeah, I just want to say if the, you're listening to this and you want to be like, hey, what does Jonathan sound like when, you know, like before his mind went? Well, we got Geekscape 600 sitting there in the feed. If you subscribe and share it with your friends, we've got an Ian Kerner and I breakdown of all six episodes of Loki. That is a lot of fun for you to listen to. If you're watching Loki and you're like, I don't know what any of that stuff meant. Maybe I did. Um, what does Ian think, which is the most, that's what I do whenever I watch one of these Marvel shows. I go, wait, wait, but what does Ian think? That's in the feed. Go check out what he thinks of Loki and how it's going to lead to the rest of the MCU coming on up. We've got a Black Widow breakdown as well on the feed. All this stuff is shareable. 
all of this stuff. You listen to it on your Spotify, your Apple Podcasts, or maybe watching it here on the YouTube, the Twitch, or the Facebook, and you go, hey, I like this guy. I'm going to share it with my friends. That's what I want you to do. I also want to remind you all to go donate blood in memory of our good friend Chris Ellis. All right? We have a blood drive going on right now. Go ahead and donate blood or platelets at your nearest blood bank and uh, take a photo of yourself. And it's not, it's not like you're being narcissistic. You're going to take a photo of yourself and you're say, hey, go donate blood like I'm donating blood. And you're going to hashtag it with Keyscape Gives. And we're going to see that hashtag. And we're going to be like, hey, I like this person who just donated blood. Maybe I should send him some free stuff. We've got some Blu-rays. We've got some shirts. we got all sorts of stuff. I don't care. I'll, I'll go buy you something and mail it to you. Just go do some good stuff and go save a life. All right? That's the mission. As we continue to journey into the outer reaches of podcasting, I guess. What does 15 years of podcasting do on a human brain? Whew. May not be pretty, but you're here for it, so strap yourselves in. Okay. Speaking of geek brains that have derailed, she doesn't have... She, her brain's pretty well put together. But we're about to hit the subject of geek brains going off the rails. Uh, here's Katie, my co-host. <laughs> Katie, how are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing way better than your video feed right now. Uh, it looks like <laughs> Incel Bot is like shitting all over you. Yeah, <laughs> the no, moment okay, listen, video feed. Luckily, listen, only video. <laughs> we have got to talk about Incel Bot, all right? Um, and Chris Robinson says, is it just me or does this look filmed on a potato? It might. <laughs> it might. It might look crazy. Um, and I thought mine was bad because I got the no, fish lens. No, no, but no, no, like, no. Yours is uh, going through. Matt Kelly some... says, hey, I wonder if there's any interesting videos posted on the Geekscape YouTube page this Sunday. Better subscribe. Yeah, listen, go subscribe to Geekscape TV. Matt, we're not here for plugs, all right? We're only going to plug in one thing. That's Tom Pinchuk's book. Heck yeah. All right? And then Shana Horton says, hey, I just happened upon this. It's so good to see your face and hear your voice. Well, it sounds like my voice and my face are broadcasting from a potato at the moment. <laughs> Uh, Which is an accomplishment. It's a feat. In that's, of that's great. Let, let me try one thing. I'll be right back, Katie. Hold on. Hold on, podcast viewers. Okay. I'm hold just going to stay here. You do your thing. He's probably going to go figure out what his Wi-Fi is doing at the moment. Or he's going to go and he's going to yell at Heidi for doing things. I bet you anything. I don't think that made a difference. What? I really honestly don't. Oh. But. So did did you actually, in fact, punch Heidi when you ran out? That's, I did that not, was my no, guess. No, no violence here. No <laughs> violence here. I, uh, I I just went and... Yeah, this doesn't make sense. I don't even want to say it, Katie, but... Is it the, Wi-Fi speeds? Is it... The, the like, router's in the other room, and I closed the door? <laughs> and then I went and, <laughs> It doesn't matter. It doesn't interrupt. <laughs> yeah, I just... I, you know, the, the invisible cable... You know, I think... I, I still think of, like, the internet as, like, microwaves going through the going through the air i was like oh no those microwaves can't get through a door i don't know this stuff i should really up with an ethernet cord one of these i days. need an ethernet cord let's you just really be do. clear i need no, an ethernet do. cord and i need to, it to like run across everything You're pretty cheap on the the amazon <laughs> <laughs> just the way big Yang says money. is the door made out of lead <laughs> Wi-Fi can't you know what? Me. I got Superman in the other room, and I know what I'm seeing, what's like, what I'm up to. So I was like, "Let me just put this." <laughs> this X-ray vision is yeah. messing up the Wi-Fi. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. You pop in and out. All right. Uh, and Matt Kelly says, "Serious question: 
Did you do any video editing and not restart the computer? No, I restarted the computer. That's a good point. Listen, sometimes Matt, Premiere mess was, messes right, with listen, that. Listen, listen, listen. None of that. None of that. <laughs> the cops are after Superman. I'm like, <laughs> now I'm like checking a few things. Oh, here come the cops. They're here to help my Wi-Fi speeds. Chris Fafalio says, Hey, dude, where can I order a Geekscape shirt? I'm like, dude, That's you're, a, a, you're, a, you're a podcaster on the network. You don't order the Geekscape <laughs> shirts. You send me your address. Post Chris, it right here. Post your address right here in the chat. Uh, you going to run at your house and he's going to say, your money's no good here. And yeah, you go ahead and send me your address and I will send you a Geekscape shirt. Um, Shanna Horton's back. She says, did you unplug it and plug it back in? <laughs> For, I love that everybody's tech supporting you right now. <laughs> and then Chris Robinson says, looks fine if you sit still. There you go. So I'm just going to podcast like this. Yep. Just Very little buffering going what? on they here. Too, oh, so. no. Chris, Chris actually <laughs> went and put his address in the chat. Don't be, don't be doing that. You there are psychos. Them. Listen, People Chris, <laughs> there are psychos on the internet, all right? <laughs> Big Geeks wants to know, where can I get a Katie Saved Geekscape t-shirt? Well, <laughs> jury's, oh, jury is still out on that one. Jury's it's got to have a pizza still, on it. Uh, um, can we talk about women saving the day and how problematic that has been for the internet recently? <laughs> um, Ooh, great segue. K- K- Katie, do you know about this problem that's going on with the nerds? I uh, and I say heard. that affectionately sometimes. <laughs> it's um, funny because when you say have you heard about the nerds being upset about women saving the day it it covers a lot of different yeah, ground but i do know yeah. specifically what you're talking about yes yeah this weekend i had a great time how did, what, how did i have a great time you ask jonathan how did you have a great time i had a great time because i watched this new mass of the universe series on netflix our friend tiffy smith is in it kevin smith wrote on it it's got like sarah michelle geller and Lena Headey, like it's all good. these real, it, it is. Have you seen it? it Yo. Pieces of it, but yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't been able to because I've been very busy lately. But I haven't been able to sit through the whole thing. But Yo. it's really good. Uh, Katie, I'm going to tell you. I know it's really damn good. Yeah, it's no, I don't. It's great. <laughs> it's only five episodes. You'll tear through them. We watched it over the course of like one or two days. Um, it's really good. Yeah, and yeah. um. And it's exciting. I love I love the animation. I love what they've done with it. But and I do Katie, like the thing that fanboys are mad about because You know the thing that fanboys are mad about. Oh, yeah. It, I that was yeah. that was spoiled for me, but that I I'm, okay. I'm fine with it. I, that, I'm like, yeah. But that I also, was not spoiled for me. And when it happened, when that whole thing unraveled in episode 1, I was like, <gasps> "Wow, this is awesome." Yeah. This, let's see what they do here because well, now that's, that's thing, anything that's, is like, possible. Kevin Smith has said is like, just wait, guys, be patient. And I think that's another thing, especially about our current watching culture, is that people just want like, hey, this thing happened. I'm not happy. It's like, just keep no. watching. Like, they will release more episodes. More will come out of the story. Just keep watching. <laughs> no, how dare you? <laughs> how dare this you? is I my this is my line of safety blanket. No, no, no. Have you watched the old Mass of the Universe shows? Like, have you watched oh, the old He Man cartoons? I watched they're, the movie. They're, part of the they're movie. fucking awful. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> like, no offense. The He Man cartoon was awful. And, <laughs> and I loved it as a kid, but I was seven. Yeah. And, like, is, is it charming? Absolutely. You watch them and it is charming. But it, listen, you can make kids' content and make it really good. And they have. And I think that this Mass of the Universe is 
like really great kids content. I think Voltron Legendary Defender was fantastic. Another Netflix animated series. I think it's I think you can make like great content for kids and not talk down to them. That is just not what they did in the 80s. They were selling toys. They were yeah. very clearly yeah. selling toys. And and the He-Man shows just they just weren't that good. They were charming. They were exciting cuz they sold toys. GI Joe, I watched a GI Joe recently where Cobra Commander had Joe's like three Joe's like tied to what looked like an enormous fidget spinner and it was spinning and that's their <laughs> that, that was his torture. It was like spinning a bunch of Joe's on a fidget spinner. Um That's classic writing right there. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's rough. So watching this new like, like somebody in like an office chair and you're like, go faster, make him spin. <laughs> I just I love what they did with this mess of the universe in having seen all five episodes. You're absolutely right. Let's wait and see what they do with it. Let's wait and see. And let's just wait and see. Um, listen. Um, Kevin Smith our, said, wait and see. Just wait just and see. Just wait and do. see. Okay, listen, like, just wait and see. And you know what? If it's not for you, spoiler right. warning, huge spoiler warning. There's going to be more He-Man stuff in like, 10 years, five years. Right. Remember well, when they he, killed Optimus Prime and everybody's like, oh my God, I can't believe they killed Optimus Prime and like Unicron almost ate it, them. And it's like, guess what? Optimus Prime came back. They had Beast Wars. They had Michael Bay movies. They had Bumblebee, which is the good movie. They had a bunch of stuff that had Optimus Prime and other stuff in it. You didn't have to be upset about Optimus Prime dying. Mm-hmm. He came back. It's a Spoilers. gutsy move. But, he came back. But that's a, the that's a thing is that like if you want to reboot something, you don't want just the same thing. At least I don't want just the same thing retold over and over. I'm I'm very scared and skeptical about the Space Jam movie. I still haven't seen it yet. I, I, I loved that as a kid. But you go back and rewatch the old movie. It's not the greatest movie. It's it's not well written. It's not well done. Yeah. But it's it's a fun experience and like yes they're towing the line between nostalgia and like new stories so like that's you know we gotta consider those things i don't think they had an easy gig on this masters of the universe cartoon and i think what they did was pretty great and they really went for it and they came out with it's really a lot of fun katie i trust in kevin smith Mm -hmm. i do yeah i i I think he's got more hit than miss Mm -hmm. he's a good dude he's He's got more Hit and miss. Uh, Chris Vifalia says, "I don't know what hap- what'll what'll happen, but if they kill Orko, I'm gonna be pissed." Well, <laughs> let's just see what happens, baby. Okay, <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> okay, we got to bring Tom on here because Tom, Tom, unlike you and I, he's got experience writing some of these cartoons. Wow. He's even he's even done like revamps and reboots. And guess what? Fans weren't too happy with him about that either. So let's bring Tom on here to discuss some of this. Um, come on here, in, the water's fine. Yeah, come on <laughs> in, the water's fine. Here's Tom Pinchuk. Tom, oh. I think you have some experience here with uh, fanboys getting angry for premature reasons. Well, even it was specifically a Mattel superhero property too. Um, what happened? Well, I uh, worked on uh, Max Steel. Um, which is, I think, I'm not sure. I think the um, it debuted maybe around 2000, so it's kind of like a couple generations removed from when He-Man debuted. But um, you know, with any of these toy franchises, like they they have behind the scenes, like there's always a plan that the, they have to anticipate that the audience is going to age out. Um, it's usually about three to five years. Um, if it's a really successful show that goes on for longer than that, you usually have a rebranding. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in some way or another, like, you know, Transformers, every um, how many iterations there are of that. Um, I also worked on Ben 10 um, that, you know, there's Ben love 10 Omniverse, show. Ben 10 Ultimate Alien. Katie, um, you love Ben 10, but you may not have liked the Ben 10 that Tom wrote. <laughs> Katie, not have at them. But that's, the, but that's the thing, though, is that, like, I love it when cartoons evolve into, like, yes. a, one, evolve the characters, and two, evolve the story to, like, match a generation. Like, it, it makes sense to do that. Like, that's, you know, you're not going to try and, and keep my old ass every single episode, but I'm okay with that. Like, well, I would the, rather just the story yeah. be good. Yeah, I mean, the, the backlash about it was specifically was that I worked on the reboot that, um, you know, they had been aging Ben up to be like around 17 and all of his friends and, you know, the lore got cool. very complex. And then yeah. they kind of Cartoon Network took stock and sort of said, like, we're not this is a show about a 17 year old. We're trying to it's called Ben okay. 10. We're, we're trying to appeal to 10 year old. So um, they hit the reboot switch. Um, I think uh, what you know, and I was there like with the Bible and the planning and so on and about they were trying to figure out what the right tone for the show was. Um, you know, at, at an early stage, it was really just going to be like Ben 10 go. Um, mm. And they decided like during development that they wanted to make it more action, um, have a, a bigger action quotient. I think what they did that was smart with the reboot, though, was they didn't retell any stories. It wasn't like, OK, we're, we're seeing Ben um, get the Omnitrix again. Um, whenever he met a villain, it wasn't the first time he met them. It was kind of with the reference. They've grown to, up. Well, no, I mean, it wasn't. Or they, just, they progressed. They've been in a universe. Together. No, yeah. no. I mean, not even that. It really was just like as simple as, um, you know, he'd run into Dr. Animo and say, oh, you again. Yeah, and it's, it's just simple as that. Um, that's the acknowledgement of like you're in the universe. I know of you. Like it, we don't have to go into the the whole background or rehash out old strife. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think like with I mean, I can kind of bounce all over the place with a lot of the stuff because I worked on the show for like three years. Um, but um, I think the um, what they were reaching for was they they thought that the success of the series was really about elegance and simplicity. Um, mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, really, if you look at Ben 10, he's, he's a superhero show and it's a bit like Dial H for Hero. It's, I would say, like kind of a fixed version of that. Um, but in a lot of ways, it's almost like Scooby-Doo, just instead of like a talking dog, you have the kid with the, the wristwatch that turns him into uh, different aliens. Because, you know, we had certain conceits in the show that were like outlined in the Bible about how they're always on summer vacation. It's a summer vacation that never ends and they're always... Um, in the van driving to a new tourist spot, um, uh, we there was a very conscious decision that no one would ever ever bat an eye about seeing Ben turn into an alien, or there were there really wasn't any discussion about him having a secret identity. Um, That's cool. I've yeah, seen well, Katie, I, I've seen Katie turn into some things. <laughs> oh yeah several things well <laughs> mostly I, monsters <laughs> you know i it was interesting being on the other end of it because i would run into a lot of people who had grown up i i didn't grow up on ben 10 um i you know i've grown up on other um You're like, it, i you just know, worked it, on it guys <laughs> yeah well you know it, it's interesting with with kids entertainment that i've found like over the years is that you start to realize how the line between a show being iconic and something that's really formative and something you think is real silly baby stuff can be a matter of like six months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like I, I really love power Rangers when it debuted and I knew some uh, people who really weren't that much older than me and they thought it was this, uh, the silliest stuff ever. Um, I also, uh, you know, I liked maybe the first two seasons of it, but then by the time they got to the third one, I, I kind of moved on. Um, mm -hmm. and then, 
I had classmates who were really into Pokemon. And at the time I just, I thought that was really, you know, that was that, what I noticed was it was a lot of the classmates who had younger siblings. It made a big right. difference because it was something that they could enjoy together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's like, I, I think when say like detective Pokemon or uh, detective Pikachu comes out, um, I you know, I'll say like that looks like a fun idea, but I think there's a lot of the segment of the audience that it's it feels kind of validating in a lot of ways that you're seeing this more serious treatment of even if it's like like what was it PG thirteen movie sure, um, yeah you know like just like that much more so um, so I think like with you know in the case of Masters of the Universe um, a lot of these uh, franchises they have an interesting kind of um, I wouldn't say dilemma is really maybe the right word, but it's a situation that evolves where they have um, adult fans, you know, who, you know, who, who stick around and, you know, they, um, they want to buy the more expensive figurines. They have more disposable income um, to spend and they'll, they'll get the really premium stuff. So they don't want to, you know, a lot of these, um, you know, they, they were trying to find like, I know for a long time, like Mattel would have these certain, you know, I, because I remember also when there was that uh, Masters of the Universe reboot in like 91, where it was like suddenly in space that nobody remembers anymore. I it, do it, not remember that. I remember I, the 2001. That I was like the, remember yeah. that. Yeah. It, it, but I, I was never a He-Man fan to begin with. So like it still wasn't my thing. Like, Why weren't this you a coming- He-Man fan? But it just it, it missed my gender. Like I was yeah. into the Snorks at that time, I think. Yep. And Snork- you know, I want to do Snorks a Smurfs. I want to do a Smurfs versus Snorks film. Well, yeah. you know, I, 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 let me let me give you like a little bit of a you know something that might put it in perspective too was you know I had some dealings with Hasbro mm-hmm. and it was really interesting over the years to see how they had to learn how to engage with bronies. <laughs> yeah, I love this. Those. Can you please tell me about Geekscape this? has had to learn how to engage with bronies. Yeah, I, I yeah. think there was an early. I guess it's like the stages of grief. Maybe I don't know. But, um, sure. But it was like there was an early stage that they were just completely blindsided and they didn't know what to do with it. Um, and then steadily they sort of came to find that this was their this audiences around and they're also again like what i said is you know you kind of have people vote with their dollars and it's like if that's the audience that's going to be paying for really you know premium my little pony merch then they can't really say no and so it was interesting how that evolved to trying to find like subtle ways to brand it because it still has to be a kid's show but they you know and that that was an unusual case where that series i think went on for like nine seasons but i distinctly remember one of the executives telling me that whenever they did panels, they would have to put a disclaimer before they open up the Q&A and say, all right, look, we know you're enthusiastic about the show, um, and there are a lot of people who are. This is a kid's show, first and foremost, so we're going to let the kids ask questions first, <laughs> and then we'll get to you. Um, and what he even like shared was that more often than not, like the kids had more sophisticated questions about theme and... Sure. Um, I don't know, like subtext or whatever, where, you know, where things were going, like surprisingly, you know, precocious kids. And then the um, adult fans would come up and just sort of ask like a basic question of like, um, is Applejack going to get a girlfriend? You know, and that was something that they, they didn't know what to, like, what to do with. I need this right now, please. I, you know, I, it, while I'm on a roll here, I do want to share that I think one of my favorite memories of any comic convention I'd ever been to um, was being at a Hasbro panel at New York Comic Con because um, 
New York geeks are very different than geeks in any other state. Um, I think it's very, oh, I, I like to observe it's the difference between crazy people in New York versus crazy people in L.A. Um, I love that this is like comparison. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to hear what the comparisons are. Like, how, how are New York geeks different? Different. Well, let me say crazy people first. Um, because I think when you run into someone who's crazy in L.A., you sort of see it coming from a mile away. And it's like, you know, it's magical thinking. It's um, I Touch of schizophrenia. Yeah, or what have you know, what have you. Right. But like New York is a much harsher city. Like you can kind of get by, I think, in L.A. a little easier than in New York, where like if you're unemployed, like you have to find a job or you're going to have to leave um, within a within a day yeah. Yeah, or freeze in the winter. So yeah. what I noticed from being there and this is from someone who grew up in upstate is that um, I think people tend to have to compartmentalize the crazy a bit more. Um, so like I remember being um, in the line for the convention and there was a guy who looked very serious, um, you know, master electrician. And he wanted to show me like his marker drawings that, you know, but it's like, it just was, it was very, it was very much like a little pocket that he put out. Um, but, but anyway, so what I love about it is, is that it still has that kind of surly New York uh, attitude of like, you know, I know what's what don't pull a fast one on me. Gotcha. You know, yeah. uh, you know, that I, you know, that sort of thing. So, um, they have the Transformers panel and there's one guy who's maybe like in the fifth row who I wouldn't say was heckling them, but he wanted to, it to be understood that he was, you know, an insider. So, okay. you know, they would have like a, a slide would come up and he'd say like, oh, isn't that a generation one Predacon figure? You know, that sort of thing. Right. <laughs> um, mm, mm, mm. You know, like it's not the, like, um, actually oh, types. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah, he, yeah wanted, but, like, he wanted to be on the panel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, yeah. not rude. Like, there's al- there's always this sort of stuff by degrees, you know. Because I've been to hostile panels, you know. Yeah. It wasn't outright hostile. Until happened. So the panels just sort of like, you know, they were kind of being good natured about it, and he keeps it up for about 15 minutes, and they start to start ignoring him. <laughs> and then about 20 minutes in, this guy, like in the 15th row, I'd say, probably stands up in righteous indignation marches over to him and says, excuse me, sir, these men have come a long way to teach us something today, and I would ask you to show some respect and to learn how to be quiet! <laughs> I love this man. I don't, know, I don't know who I like more, though. Yeah, I love the man in the 15th row. 15th yeah. row all the way. <laughs> but what was great about that was um, there's a lot to unpack, but what I loved was also was that he, he got his way because he got the guy to shut up. But then he just left. Like <laughs> he stormed oh. out. Of the uh, he was done. Yeah, he, he was, was done. done. He's he like, I need to be a sacrifice here. I yeah. can't stick around. Yeah. Then there was the awkward pause from the moderator, and he's trying to think of what to say. He says, "Moving on." <laughs> <laughs> that but is my, a tough job as a moderator. <laughs> yeah, but my favorite aspect of it was just the phrasing of the term. It's like it's not like Hasbro's come here for publicity promotional no, come to like, teach us some things yeah it was like these men have come a long way to teach us something like it's the transformers rabbinical study <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly i was I like these are the wise men <laughs> yeah you know, they, they, they followed them uh, the star you know to come here to the, teach the you know, book of optimism we are going to bestow upon you the information <laughs> now bye it yeah. doesn't work unlike a church and you would think that the uproar from this past weekend 
I think, I th- well, I think the uproar this past, past weekend, like he man is a religion, I guess, to a lot of people because they were pissed. And I don't know I, if I heard that much outcry from snake eyes. I'm not sure people would to see snake eyes. I did not, but I'd like to just because why not? It's a ninja movie yeah. and I'm down for ninja movies. Um, but Mark we'll see I, his skin on Fortnite, So that's exciting. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, I, I mean, I haven't yeah. watched like Masters of the Universe. Like, I've I've been I've kind of been in a cave working for like the past like I've been like a shut in for um, a few weeks at this point. Like, kind of popping up every so often. But um, you know, I, I I think what it what I would say with like without knowing too much about it is that there was an interesting interview I read about the making of Watchmen, um, where everybody knows like that was supposed to be like DC had acquired um, these characters from a different company. The old um, you know, characters. Yeah, Charlton, Charlton, the Carl, think, right? Charlton, the old Charlton characters. That's right. Yeah. Um, or, um, and, you know, Alan Moore wanted to do this really deconstructionist take and, uh, you know, uh, take, uh, explore, explore them in more mature lenses. And I think it was like Dick Giordano was an editor there and he looks at the pitch and says, this is going to ruin these characters we just bought commercially because mm-hmm. you're making them into really reprehensible people and it may be a great story, but we still have, you know, this yeah. is a, this, these are characters for children. Sure. So that was the decision to use analogs. And, you know, I think, I think like in comics, it's like there, there is an interesting, you know, I, I would say like having been involved in like reboots and, you know, been a fan and, you know, like seen it from all ends. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, um, if you have a daring story, like there's almost like, like when we were on Ben 10, it was sometimes if we had, I, I could say it was like different like meters that you'd turn where it's like, okay, it's a comedy show. But if we add a few more like punches or pratfalls per episode, now it's action comedy and maybe it's only exactly three. Um, <laughs> so, you know, if you have a, a series where you're like, okay, we want to appeal to uh, adult fans. We'd want it to have some shocking moments and some intrigue. Um, you know, we want to turn things upside down. There is a question of, how much do you want to turn things upside down before, you know, you upset the audience too much. And so, right. you know, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of examples over the years that I, I think have been really interesting where, um, you know, Moore was doing, um, uh, you know, Miracle Man. Um, I really love Astro City and like Astro City was Kirk like, Buzik is a great overlooked writer though. Oh yeah. Music's a, a huge yeah. influence on me. And like, that was one after another of currently <laughs> overlooked, not at that time. Oh yeah, yeah, he was huge. he was huge. Yeah, um, yeah I, I always love like the, the the if I do a sidebar about like the kind of corporate rebranding that Avengers was not a successful title until Ultimates. I'm like, no, that was the no. number one book. Yeah. yeah, Avengers Avengers Forever came. I, I saw that Kang cover from Avengers Forever recently. Yeah, and everybody's Kang crazy because of uh, Loki because of reasons. Yeah, <laughs> and I was just like, damn, Avengers Forever was such a damn good book and any, yeah, I, I mean obviously anything that george perez drew that kurt buziak did like it's just incredible that, the, well, that, was, that he, he only inked that though that was uh carlos Pacheco, who's uh, also a phenomenal like okay by everything he draws too you know actually i i dug that book up and it actually reminded me again like of certain sliding scales where it was like you couldn't this is the interesting part I remember going through that. I'm like, this is for like the really hardcore fan because that was back when they were still doing um, footnotes in Marvel comics. And that one, I think even had end notes because <laughs> it was so steeped in continuity. And I was thinking to myself like, man, they're never going to be able to do this on screen. And then I saw that Endgame yeah. oh. and it had 
like they had those massive, um, you know, title cards. And I'm like, and it's like, you know, it, it would say like, um, you know, um, Asgard, whatever year it was. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's the footnote. That's the footnote. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, and they're still doing do. that. They're doing that Loki. And you're like, wait, yeah. where's this take place? And now imagine that, that now that we're dealing with a blown open multiverse, we're really going to be asking ourselves, okay, not just what year or location this is. Right. What is this 616 or is this they, another multiverse? Like what right. is happening here? Right. It's going to get a little off the rails. Gonna They're be not, of, I don't think it's a great idea for them to do that. You um, need to stop. <laughs> I it, think it's Let's great. see it, how it, the it audience does, responds. It makes me want to like do more research just because like there's definitely things I miss where I'm just like, okay, it's in 2018. Why do I care? I'm like, oh, right. right. 2018's after the blip and like all of that. Like like the the pieces, at least of the timeline that we are currently aware of, um, I find that very helpful personally. Well, I, I just always think about how Crisis of Infinite Earth was specifically created because they took stock of their um, their comics and said, this is impossible to keep track of for anybody <laughs> yeah. who's um, coming in of like, wait, so there's sure. two Supermen and there's one who's old and wait, there's a Green Lantern who's, you know. There's five Green Lanterns of Earth or so. But yeah, the know, truth is Marvel has done that as well. They did it with yeah. Secret War and they did it with collapsing their ultimate universe. And you know what? Then Reed Richards goes and starts growing universes back again. So, yeah. it, you know, there's always going to be the contraction and then the expansion and the contraction again. And <laughs> I'm hoping that Dr. Doom puts Kang in his place because there can Ooh. only be one ruler. And that okay. is Doom. I'm. That's my guess. Is okay. that Kang's going to be a problem for a while, and then Doom's going to show up and be like, "Yeah, no. If there's one conqueror, it is the me. It is. Yeah. It is it the is me. Doom. <laughs> it's Doom. Um, okay. Let's. I mean, we can stay on these topics all. Like, <laughs> I know. Dude, we can talk so on these right. nonstop. Uh, we're here to promote. Tom's oh, that's book. right. Yes, he's, good segue. Yeah. Tom's got this brand new book. Uh, remember Andy uh, Zenon, or do you want to Zenon? Xenon. He's got this new book, Remember Annie Xenon. And we were talking just now about fans and outgrowing their childhoods. But, and obviously, there's books like the X Men where at 13 or puberty, you develop your mutant powers, mm-hmm. or Peter Parker, you know, becoming a superhero as a kid, it is such a kid's fantasy, but it is also the metaphor of becoming an adult. And right. it's really effective. Just to pitch Tom's book real quick, it is the reverse. What if you are a kid superhero, but at 18, you lose your powers? Mm-hmm. Um, so that is the the basis for Remember Andy Xenon. Uh, I'm just going to keep butchering that one, Tom. So <laughs> you might, that's why I got Katie here. Uh, so here's the, here's the book, Remember Andy Xenon. And um, that I, you had me hooked right there. You yeah. had me hooked nice. right there, brother. So, and first off, I love... The, who's this Ninja Turtle artist that you got to do a little bit of help on this thing? Um, I saw that in the press release. I, he's like one of my favorite artists that's working. That doesn't actually narrow music. it down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Basically, what I want the, the geeks gave us to know is Tom got some really great professional artists on this one. Yes. We're going to show some pages here pretty soon. But if you all want to see it and you're listening on the podcast, the best thing to do is go and actually like order the book. The book can be seen o- over at zoop.gg slash c slash remember andy xenon i mean honestly that is not a very podcast friendly url but the, <laughs> but the truth is uh tom you have a website right don't you uh yeah it's just my name tom pinchuk and, 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 and tom pinchuk will leak will like link you to the kickstarter correct 
I need to work on that. It's, uh, I have a newsletter too. It's just called the Chuck okay. Chronicles. Um, okay. What is the best way if they don't remember this URL to actually get? Are them you on the Instagram? Oh, you want them I'm, to on, Google? I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter too. It's just okay. at Tom Pinchuck. Um, so it's like, let's it's get yeah. Pick your poison. Yeah. We'll <laughs> okay. we'll post about it as well. We'll tweet about it. And I'm just trying uh, to get people to to pre-order this book, which is pretty much done. You just got to pre-order it and help raise some funds. Yeah. Yeah, it's all done. I mean, we were. Um, you know, it's, I, I, I had a, we, we, Zoop is pretty much more of like a pre-order platform. I think like it's really more, um, it's, it's going to be coming out. We're just sort of like using this as more of like a direct, direct market, meaning that we're just going directly to, um, uh, to readers. And sure. it was something that I just had found from, um, being in development for a long time. Um, and, you know, playing the, the whole Hollywood game. Um, I had a show actually in development at Cartoon Network that I, I had sold, um, but then it was a casualty of the uh, Warner Brothers merger. Um, oh, me too. Hey, uh, yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry about that. That sucks. I had nothing, well, I mean, nothing was a tragedy other than my continued existence. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went, I went into it. No, I mean, I went into it with eyes wide open. I mean, I knew the whole time, like, yeah. that's what development was. It was, um, yeah. But, I, you know, at the same time, it's like, you know, you spend a, a, all this years of work and, and mm-hmm. deliberation on something and you're planning it out as if it's going to be lasting f- for five seasons and you're planning out all these arcs. And we didn't even really get a chance to share it with an audience. Um, and then kind of when it's done, that's that's it. Like, you don't really you can't really take it anywhere. Um, so I had really missed comics it had been a while and I just was really um, missing the immediacy especially, um, you know, you get a cool idea and you get the comic together and it doesn't have to go through, um, lots and lots of approvals. Um, right. And so, and so uh, many network heads that end up changing the project and the original idea of it so much. Most of them are straight up dum-dums. Oh, yes. (laughs) Well, I I actually did have a good experience with mine, like the executive I was working with, but I think it was more like, you know, it's just the process I knew, you know, it's, I think the, the the aspect of it for me that was the trickiest was you kind of had to go through this mental exercise of reminding, getting back into the mindset you were in when you were ex- like first got that bolt of inspiration or really excited about it. Now it's like two and a half years later. And, um, but I digress. Um, yeah, you're looking down the barrel of a deadline of yeah. something that you're not necessarily wanting to do. For those of you who aren't very familiar with, like, at least the industry process, like, it can be taxing just to get into it. But when you're in it, and I know, London, you know this, too. Trust like, nobody. Even, it's a blood sport. <laughs> trust nobody. No, but, like, it can sometimes be hard getting mired in, like, the nose or the back steps or anything like that. And, like, finding that original spark that brought you to this business in the first place can be hard, but... Um, good on you for creating this comic because you. this uh, you're giving it life again, which is a beautiful thing. Oh, it's not it's not the same idea. It's right. um yeah, right. it's, But um, like, it's, but you're giving birth to like your creative movement towards all right. of this. Like that's that's really the thing is that like I tell a lot of people, especially actors, I'm just like just keep going, just right. keep going. I, I just want to thank Tom for coming to teach us all this way. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to thank Tom for coming all this way to teach us I about teach his us, comic. Yeah, you know, real, uh, the profundities of the universe here. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we were, I, I think just the, the whole operative word the whole time was simplicity and just, you know, I, I really wanted, I thought, a, you know, there was a lot of like soul searching and reminding myself of what, what had inspired me as a comics reader. And it was books like say the death of Captain Marvel and whatever happened to the man of tomorrow, um, Astro city, <laughs> 
you're and, aiming at the greats right there. You're like, I mean, I think you have to though. You, you know, you do. yeah. Yeah. Well, what I, what I liked about them was there is a kind of poetic focus to those stories because it's not a sprawling epic. Like it's a one shot. It's about two issues. Um, you know, a deluxe size issue. And there is something kind of great about just a very singular focus on a character study and telling a story with the beginning, middle and end that I, I, and that was also why I wanted to do it on Zoop was because I also know publishing and I know that you can't really pitch a one shot to publishers because they want it to be, you know, More. working towards the trade and all that sort of stuff. So I, it was a variety of circumstances that got me in touch with Zoop and it just was like right time, right place. And, you know, I told them I want to do a 48 page one shot. Um, I wanted to have uh, a really uh, a really long article in the back that kind of delves in the world. It's sort of like under the hood. Um, that's where a lot of the guest artists um, factor into. Nice. Um, and I wanted to make something that you can just enjoy. It's not, uh, you know, you don't have to read this and it's not an extended prologue for something. Um, mm. You also don't have to have done your homework on, uh, you know, I, I wanted to kind of get that feel of there being Andy having been on on hundreds of adventures, but you're not overwhelmed when you're reading it by thinking you have to know it. It's more the impression of it. Um, and so, um, yeah, and, 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 and what I was also trying to like reach for too was I, you know, I've been, you know, you navigate your career and I, I've kind of lately been, lately been saying I'm kind of a man of duality because, I've worked on these kids shows, but then I also work on heavy metal and mature readers comics. And I've done those and, you know, ne'er the twain shall meet. So <laughs> I, I was trying to think like, well, you know, what, what I feel like I need to kind of bridge these a little bit um, mm -hmm. for my, you know, uh, the adult content and the kid content. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a teen, it's like a PG 13 yeah. story. It's like a teen plus thing. But I also was like, I was just really, this, the, the, there were moments where I had interactions with fans of franchises that I worked on. And the artist, Nikos Kautzis, is, he worked on a reboot of Stretch Armstrong as well. And it was a similar thing where yeah. it was it was an interesting kind of like conversation because you'd have somebody who was like a professional in the business. And they'd say like, oh, these fans, they're so possessive. And then I mentioned I worked on Ben 10 and like, <laughs> and then right, well, your, your episode's great but let me tell you about this reboot you know and it was <laughs> they actually like, started, i have notes i have notes <laughs> about how you how you ruined my childhood i just I, want I'm, to know who the fans of i of stretch armstrong are like who are the fans <laughs> like 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 max steel like where are those fans like a lot really? of them are actually in south america yeah i, I remember you telling me that i do yeah. uh, off i mean when we were we caught, I think WonderCon might have been the last time we saw each other in person. One of the most recent WonderCons yeah. pre-pandemic, but I do remember you calling me that. I or telling me that. I just want to, you know, it's kind of a joke though. Like, who are these Back Steel fans? Because isn't that a character from like the fifties, sixties, seventies? I'll tell you something. Like, I, I I one time interviewed at Blizzard, and it was an interesting situation because they literally have a live like hologram of the world. That cool. spins, that yeah, spins that around, <laughs> and it's it's like a mission. It's like NASA, like you know, uh, mission command. And it mm -hmm. was fascinating for me to look at that because it would just show in real time how many users are playing Diablo Whoa. in Nigeria, how many are playing it in Sri Lanka, um, and these are all like markets that a lot of people, um, yeah. you know, they wouldn't think about, right? And it's right. it could still it could still be, and especially in their case, like they could be making money hand over fist if they just went straight to that and they they had their own. Right. I'm being facetious. Right. 
Are yeah, you glad good. currently knowing what's happening at Blizzard Activision? Are you glad that you didn't get that gig? You don't, I mean, they're they're not doing too well in the PR department right now. I've I've had a lot of uh, I don't know actually the details of that. I do know that like whenever uh, there's been a lot of times where I've interviewed with a video game company because I also interviewed with Telltale, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I would have been in the pipeline to uh, be working for them, and then within about like six months later, they were they, it it went from being they were they were telling us like we're on top of the world we're making all this money like you know the sky's the limit we're going to be producing all these you know all these games and then six months later it's just gone because so, yeah they, you lose a couple key licenses and that fan base disappears your income yeah. disappears and those licenses are expensive so you're really working a pretty marginal game right there because you're paying out for those licenses pretty heavily and if you don't have the subscribers for it i mean if you're not getting the the sales on it 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 might I mean that Batman must must have been really expensive. Remember they put that 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 Batman yeah Telltale game. I mean that might have been really I expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they, which they is did. which they is had, a problem. A Katie. That is a problem. Game, you know? No, and, and me being yeah. so mired in, in video games, I'm, I'm actually kind of shocked that I didn't know about that. Um, but that is fascinating. Yeah, but I mean, I, but just to take a step back on it too. So I I'd have these interactions with fans of Ben Ten where you know it wasn't. Um, I I certainly enjoyed working on it. And I think it was a you know an, an amazing property and ditto for Max Steel. Um, it wasn't iconic for me the way it was for mm. them. And I think especially um, if you were at that right age where you're ten when the show starts and you feel like every year you age with the character. Um, you know, it can be really frustrating to have it just remind you you've aged out. Um, and so. I thought it really the thought that I couldn't shake in my head was like, what would that be like for uh, a kid adventurer if they, you know, if the kid, if the adventurer aged out. Um, mm. So that was the um, I, I and it, it struck me as that would have a lot of really great metaphor for just life's ups and ups and downs. You know, um, you know, it's uh, in the story, Andy, he just sort of stumbles on this power and he gets this uh, ability and he doesn't get a lot of explanations. And then um he makes some mistakes because he's only like 13 or 14 and then um, he adventures on. I, I don't want to give away too much, but what I really wanted to capture about it was just the fact that when it, when the powers stop, it's just you can't find the base anymore. You can't get anybody like the wow. contact info, like all these adventurers you knew you can't get a hold of them anymore. Um, he has this um, this belt that he gets his power in and it just, it's, it's rapidly dwindling in power. And so he's trying to like scramble to like use it to establish a new, you know, like find an apartment or, you know, find a loan or something. Um, he's like an addict in a sense. Uh, I mean, not... wouldn't you be, wouldn't you be if you oh, were a kid yeah. that, you know, like it, uh, you, it's so funny. Cause when they'd be we, like, what happened? To, remember Jonathan Lennon? They'd be like, yeah, his splatter spot is right over there. Down right. the street. <laughs> no, <laughs> We, we, we talk about, you know, like a, a lot of fans at these comic cons and things like that that are like they go they sway a little crazy. But like we, we think of that it was almost like sometimes there is like a visual of like too much. But like if you are a person that has superpowers, like of course, you're going to go nuts with that. You're going to yeah. you're going to play with that a lot. No, I would be <laughs> yeah. very responsible, Katie. Mm, sure yeah yes. I'll be very responsible <laughs> but then that goes like that's such a fascinating story um like where do you go from there like what and, he said like, it's a one shot katie he know, said it's I a know. one shot but this is but he's this like is, he, maybe he goes to another book from there the story though this is, well, this is the cool thing that i'm like i'm probably gonna be mad that this is only a one shot like that's, uh, that's that's what i would hope for um yeah 
Yeah, I mean, what, what I keep saying is this: the end is only the beginning for Andy. So um, we, uh, a lot of people who've gotten a chance to really delve in the book are impressed with how much we were able to get into with it. Um, so uh, I, I'll say that everything I just described to you is is really only maybe like the first third. I know. Um, and sure. there's just a lot more. Uh, yeah, I didn't. It, but you got to buy the book to if you're going to see. Buy the book to find out. I, I, I will say that what I what I what, if I can share like one like semi spoiler about it is that I definitely didn't want to make a bummer book. Um, oh, you know, cool. There was a lot of uh, understanding like, okay, there's there's different ways you can go this, and I was hoping that there would be more of a reaffirming message for people that um, you know don't count yourself out too quick. Right. Um, you know that. Life, you know, you, you'd be surprised that uh, people find second chances or they find, uh, you know, new directions to go in their life. And that's, uh, you know, that's the theme that I was hoping to get into. It, there's plenty of like smart ass humor. There's plenty of action. Um, but I, I, it felt like it felt right to take that in that direction. Um, and um, the other thing, too, that I'm hoping and what I'll say is, too, is that it'd be very, very, very easy to do another story. Um, but I think thought a lot about how, again, I think a lot of creators count their chickens before they're hatched um, when they do something like this, where I've read it and it's like you get carried away with the world building and you get carried away with the foreshadowing and then you really get to the end and it's just, it's an extended prologue. Um, So this was, I wanted to tell a story beginning, middle and end. There's an arc. Um, There's also a feature at the end that I'm especially excited about, um, which is a... um, it's a faux magazine article um, in the world that's uh, it's sort of like a Vanity Fair piece. It's called uh, We Remember Andy Xenon. And it's a um, journalist who's investigating, thinking that he's vanished or died. Sure. What happened to Andy Xenon? And she's, that was such a big. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it just, it just, you know, uh, this rap, you know, suddenly disappears. So there are um you know reviews or you know analysis of like his lost adventures and she's trying to speculate about what's going on like what was really going on in his head and what he might have been dealing with um there are interviews with other adventurers um that he knew and everybody has varying opinions about andy whether they thought he was annoying or they thought he was underrated or they miss him um and then also uh i tried to i wanted to give a sense of it being a world um, you know, with, with like a shared universe, so to speak. Um, so you get a, like a vignette about each one's sort of sad life story um, that you'll, in the investigative journalism piece that you find out that, you know, there's a, a, a would-be mentor to, to Andy named Base Jump Baz, who's sort of like a G.I. Joe type of character. And you find out that he had a really troubled family life and he has this, um, and and what, I, what I'm hoping for everybody who reads it, and this is what I really wanted to do with this, is to give, an experience that it's very accessible on the first go, um, you know, and then, but I, what I, what I'm really hoping is that when you read it, uh, the, 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 the companion piece afterwards, it really deepens your understanding of what you just read because it adds context. Um, there are certain hints of, of like character conflicts that then get explored in much deeper, uh, detail there. Um, there are even some revelations that actually reframe what you saw previously. Um, you find out that the journalist actually had a very, deeply personal reason um, for trying to find out what happened to Andy. Um, and that's a twist that uh, of, of several that uh, happened in there. Okay. And my hope is, is that, um, you know, I, I want this to be in the same way, like I said, of those books that inspired me, that it's it, it will be rewarding in the reread. But um, those, I guess not Astro City, although those were 
analogs for other characters. Don't you think that the success of some of those are the emotions you bring with a known character into the book? Alan Moore was writing about Superman. You know what I mean? Like we have people were also looking back at those Superman stories and they carried them with them into this book. Does that make sense, Tom? I think I feel like Alan Moore had an advantage on that one. Even with Watchmen, he had a bit of an advantage because we thought that he was writing a little bit about the Blue Beetle and, you know, stuff like that. Like, don't you think that that I'm not, uh, knock, I mean, I'm not yes knocking no. your idea. I'm no, just I mean, saying, yeah, like, how do you get, how do you, how do you. I know it's the channel right here. I got to defend myself. Um, <laughs> um, Shark Tank into him. I'm already sold. Does well, that make I sense? Mean, like, what kind well, of. Yeah, but I, I guess what I would qualify with just like a, two quick thoughts is that um, with whatever happened in The Man of Tomorrow, that was intended to be the last, like, Silver Age Superman story. Yes. So there are a lot of characters in that and a lot of concepts that. DC was very pointedly wanting to retire that year, um, you know, with Crisis of Infinite Earth. So it's like, you know, you have all these different colors of kryptonite. You have some of these villains who are really silly. Um, and I think it's sort of endured in a way where I, when I even read it, it was a reprint. I wasn't actually really deeply familiar with um, the, a lot of those Silver Age characters. And I kind of liked that feel of I'm dropping into a world and I have some kind of familiarity with it. But there's also certain things where okay, I, I don't actually know who the Tinkerer is. Um, I don't really know what Gold Kryptonite does, but it, it did it in a very elegant way. Um, the other thing that I would contend about this is, is that I think um, I, when I was running that anime magazine for mm-hmm. a few years, um, I rem- I'll never, there was a show that I really loved. It was called Madoka Magica. Um, and Madoka Magica is a deconstruction of Sailor Moon. Um, it is, it's like Miracle Man for Sailor Moon. Um, I, I was not a devotee of that show. I think I understood it pretty well and I was, I could see what they were doing at deconstruction, but you know, I always remember a conversation I had with an artist at, um, artist alley where I, I was, I was kind of crowing about the show and saying how awesome it was. And he sort of squinted his eyes. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, I'm he, kidding. Like, what, like, no, but he was like, he was like, who wants to see like a adult, like sad, you know, intense version of Sailor Moon. And I said, Look, man, we're, we're we're like thirty years past Dark Knight Returns. Like, you know, we're yeah. like, like this is an entire cottage industry that sort of proved this concept. Um, yeah, yeah, you're gonna end up getting sad versions of stuff, and yeah. uh, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. I don't think that sometimes the JLA. That ne- I don't. Sad, you know, I don't like, think the JLA needed to be deconstructed in Zack Snyder's universe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like he, tra- he, I think he tried to paint him with the same brush. He, you know, from Watchmen, and I don't think that works because there's no moral compass to the JLA. And I think that if you, if you don't have a well-constructed Superman as a barometer for the heroes that you're going to offset them with, I think that you're at a little bit of a disadvantage deconstructing anything, you know, well, there needs I to mean, be a measuring that, stick. That goes back to what we were saying before is mm-hmm. that sometimes, you know, maybe you have a take on the brand that you need to come up with your own characters that are similar and you can kind yeah. of have more license to go in your own direction with Astro, um, Astro city. Well, Astro City. I mean, the, right. there's there are a lot more examples than you'd even realize. I'm I mean, enjoying Black Hammer, the stuff that Jeff Lemire is doing through Dark Horse, where it's a little bit of a JLA team. They get stuck in an alternate dimension together, fighting, you know, like an anti-monitor type situation. I think that in Black Hammer is something that we're going to see a lot of. I believe, like Jeff Lemire had, mm-hmm. I think, success with Sweet Tooth. I'd love to see a second season get announced, but he has Black Hammer in that Black Hammer universe set up at one of these studios i don't recall the one that's set up but i know it's been optioned 
we're going to start seeing those and people are going to watch them and be like, oh, that's kind of like the Justice League. Right. But it's these different well, types of boys. I mean, that's the boy. And I think yeah. that's why Marvel's multiverse is something that we have now the capacity to, to have on a, on a wide audience. So that's why I think the yeah. multiverse thing will work. Will they contract it eventually? Yes, absolutely. They're going to contract it. It's going to be great, but we'll see what happens with what if I think what if will be a lot of fun. And I don't think it'll get the viewership that Loki and um, Falcon winter soldier and WandaVision got on Disney plus. I think it's going to be a little bit more of an acquired taste, <laughs> but I'm excited for what if I think that animation looks fantastic. I, I I feel like I keep saying like the joke is like the seven seals been unsealed or you know or, or broken because it's like every time I would watch a Marvel um, project like over the past like 20 years it was like okay you can make a Spider Man movie but you can't make it like the comics you know like really like the comics or mm. you know you can do um, these superhero movies but they can't be a shared universe or they can't have the team up and it was like each successive one and the one that I remembered that really made my, you know, like I said, it, it kind of made my head spin, like watching Endgame and realizing, like, this is Avengers forever. Like, this is the continuity deep, you know, and they had like a George Perez fight scene at, you know, battle it scene was at crazy. the end. And George would have drawn every detail on all those characters. God yeah. bless him. Yeah. He, um, he is the best comic book artist, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, he I'm, is. I'm, incredible and he drew music's avengers run too, and he drew you know? music's avengers run i i think that today there's a lot of really phenomenal i mean there's always phenomenal artists there's a there's fantastic technology that helps those artists achieve what they're achieving on the comics page yeah. i i think it's great mm-hmm. but old school comics the romita stuff the music stuff romita jr who i think can draw anything i think romita jr can draw anything <laughs> Buziak, i think is the classic like benchmark for all that stuff. Um, yeah, just I mean, amazing. I, there there've been a lot of artists that I think were like as were inspired by Perez and were like as detailed as him, but I didn't think that they had a really good understanding of like shape and composition. Um and that's something that you don't really appreciate until you like uh, you see it done well. <laughs> yeah, you see it. Yeah, you see it done. Yeah, yeah done wrong. Cuz I mean, you'd see like the image folks for instance, like and they they're all fantastic. But they influence a lot of people who then, like Greg Capullo, who then ended up catching up to them. And super, I think, I think, like if Greg Capullo picked up where Todd McFarlane had influenced him, I think Greg Capullo surpassed Todd McFarlane in a lot of ways. Well, yeah, I mean, actually, it's it's good that you bring him up because uh, the the comparison that we we keep getting from uh, uh, Nico Cesar in the book is that it seems like uh, Capullo meets uh, Chris Bacalo or Bacalo. I think it's a little more controlled than Chris Bacciolo, what you got, which is yeah. great. And so, sometimes I look at his frames and I'm like, okay, what's happening here? And, <laughs> yeah. and it's just, it, it's great. It's beautiful energy. But when he draws a character like Spider-Man, who's all spindly and weird and he's fighting like the lizard, I'm like, whoa, everything's contorted. And it's very, yeah. it's, it, it's almost to a level of expression that I think is beautiful art. And I will buy anything that he draws anyway. But Greg Capullo just has a really great discipline to some of his compositions as well where it's like okay he's still keeping this a little bit in reality but i when i'm looking at, at these remember andy xenon uh xenon pages that's i'm thinking capullo as well i think it's a really apt comparison and geeks gave us i know that i asked tom like hey 
what do you do if you don't have Superman or somebody like that to bring emotion to your book or nostalgia into your book? <laughs> uh, Tom went on a very beautiful answer and a very detailed answer when all Tom really needed to do was it's a good fucking story by the book. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the story, at the end of the yeah. day, uh, many people didn't know any of these Marvel characters from anything and yeah. they're, they're all new. So in that spirit of discovery, that spirit of just picking up a damn good story, Google Tom Pinchuk, get on Twitter, Google Remember Andy Zenon, go find this book and just enjoy it. It doesn't matter if it's a one shot or if two years from now you're hearing Tom back on the show selling out hard and trying to fund the whole cartoon <laughs> bundle with special edition tinfoil cover. I don't care. But like, <laughs> just go support Tom now. Yeah. He's done a lot of great work. He has a, I mean, I think Tom has a really great grasp of how these stories work and um enjoy his book i've always enjoyed your stuff dude i've always enjoyed you as a friend i've always enjoyed (laughs) um just talking to you at cons and stuff i miss them this would have been comic con this past weekend that's true yeah we Uh, didn't get it katie could have been hazed at comic con at the geekscape booth and she didn't wasn't able to we're gonna gonna be a birthday dream if we could have done that yeah Yeah, katie your birthday was this past weekend uh it's coming up this week it's coming up this weekend Thursday, oh, Thursday. Yeah. Okay, that's, but that's what I love about Comic Con. Well, it's always around my birthday. We got to fly in Matt Kelly to do some hazing. Great! Oh, I would yeah. love to try to be hazed by Matt Kelly. He's the night. He'd, he'll be like, "And you stink." <laughs> and I'll be like, "That's nice." <laughs> we love Matt Kelly and Geekscape. Is as we start to wrap up here. The, the here are the missions. <laughs> okay, here are the missions for you. Google. Remember Andy Zenon in, in Tom Pinchuk. And, and, and just yeah. go and uh, support the book. Go find it over on this uh, uh, crowdfunding uh, I've website. I've already brought the page up that I'm, I'm going to buy it as soon as oh, we're done. <laughs> I'm so excited. And, 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 oh and, gosh, and yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, though, Tom. Is there a familiar face in the book at any point? There is, yes. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, you know, you may, you may see uh, Jonathan London showing up in the pages. Uh, I, might be in, I, might be, I might make a cameo in the book. That's reason enough to. Listen, we're it's trying also, to sell this it, damn thing. It's actually very late in the book too, which I did to entice everybody to like make sure you yeah. got to the you read at sure. least to the John sure. London appearing part. Like, yeah. well, I like the story. Now I hate it. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> but, but that's the mission, right? Number that's one. What, that's right? what you call light social pressure. I love it. Dude. I love it. So, so pick up this book. Remember Andy Zion. Go follow Tom Pinchuk at his socials. You can find out more about that stuff. The other thing I want you all to do is go donate blood. Donate platelets at your local yes. blood bank. Yes, please do. Um, that's something we're believing in. We're, we're going to keep pushing that one, okay, in memory of our good friend Chris Ellis. And then the third thing is be on the lookout on the Geekscape socials for our Patreon. And that Patreon does not go towards me. It goes towards Matt Kelly, who is a genius and said, I'm going to quit my job and do podcasting full time. And I said, don't you do it, Matt. I can't have you dead in a gutter somewhere in Easttown as like the mayor of Easttown season two subject okay like i can't, can't do this and matt, matt goes matt goes i can't take my job anymore and i said matt don't you do it but matt did it and uh and and so we have a patreon and everything that we make on the patreon goes towards yeah really matt's doing fine and but we're going to help him out with a little bit more and just kind of keep him focused on creating more content he's got the geekscape tv youtube thing up and running we got some guests that we're going to be letting uh play around on our twitch we got a lot of cool plans and Matt really is the person organizing pretty much all of them. So please be on the lookout for our Patreon. All that stuff goes towards Matt. 
And what's funny is I went into like edit the copy on the Patreon. It's registered as mad at geekscape.net. So the truth is like, I'm not touching any of it. <laughs> I don't even, I barely have access to it. So it's all Matt. So please help Matt out. He's done so much for us. Uh, Tom, you were going to say something. I'm sorry, sir. I just wanted to, uh, to, to clarify. So this is episode 601. It yes. is. So that's like in a comic, that's like when they have like the anniversary issue. It's like 600 and it's like somebody's wedding and it's like the characters are finally going to marry. <laughs> this is the one years. where somebody destroys the wedding. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and then it ends on a cliffhanger. Where they it ends like, on they a cliffhanger. The box and it's like you, there's a this bomb would be Tom, and then... Tom Pinchick would be flying in on a goblin glider, throwing like goblin bombs and pumpkin bombs is what he'd be doing right now. I, I would like it if it were like, uh, the you want to talk about like audience outrage. It'd be like the, the superior Spider-Man and we do like the... Uh, you know the mind swap and i just like sure your identity mm-hmm. you know, you're gonna be control. you're gonna be very disappointed at the powers you lose swapping <laughs> powers my, with me my final goal is that tom pinchuk hazes me at the next comic con oh, that boy. is that is the 601 spoiler tom, <laughs> tom can do it have you uh, john have you have you told her about my april fool's pranks no i don't think so i think the best one the best one because heidi bought it for a few minutes was at that WonderCon, when you convinced us that you're coming back as the voice of, they were doing a reboot of a cartoon, and you it was were American doing Tale. It was American Tale. Uh, it was a, it was Fievel, and you were coming yeah. back as the voice <laughs> of Fievel. <laughs> that was the best one, Tom, because because that would have gotten me. God bless her. Like Heidi's an actress, and she you know, and she's always looking out for the actor opportunities. Mm-hmm. And she finds she finds out there's a reboot of American Tale. <laughs> yeah, Tom Tom comes over to us as we're sitting there eating at like the little place over there at WonderCon, little cafeteria, and they he goes like, "Hey, what's up?" He sits down and goes, "You heard the big news, right?" And I was like, "Oh no, I didn't hear it." And he goes, "They're rebooting American Tale." It was a live was like, action reboot. Well, it's a live action. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you included that. That would have broken it. Oh, that, 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 that breaks it at the beginning. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, there's a live action reboot. Or a live CG action. version. CG live action I would re- Oh, no, no. I, I, got, I, got, I got people, I would say, live action version. I'd say no CGI, no animation. No CGI. It's you a just trained a bunch of mice. I said, like, yeah. it's going to be me in mouse makeup. And with the sets <laughs> made, Nobody the sets that, are made to look bigger so I look smaller. It's like the old um, uh, Lion Witch in the Wardrobe where they like made their faces almost like Hoovian style. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, the no. original, not the reboot. Yeah, the creepy BBC looking one. Yeah. yeah. Really, one. It's cursed. No. I that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I was, uh, I, that was a good, like that was actually, you talk about like good like coincidences because that was one WonderCon where it, it coincided with uh, April Fool's Day. So mm. what I love, you know what I love about April Fool's Day is it's it's like the purge because you can just get <laughs> away with anything that day and just always say it's it's an April Fool's. I think yeah, I was saying that that <laughs> relieves me of all bias. <laughs> I don't have any, you know, I don't have like, whatever whatever transgressions I make on this day, I am absolved of the next day, you know, because I, I do think fools. that uh yeah, I was just telling the April Fool's story the other day of when Nerdist thought they bought us because we made an article on April Fool's that said Nerdist buys Geekscape because at that point we had like five writers from Geekscape who had all gotten jobs over at Nerdist. Oh, really? And so we published an April Fool's story that Shane wrote up that says Nerdist buys Geekscape. And I went to Nerdist the following week to meet with a friend. And as I walk in, people are going, hey, man, welcome to the family. And I'm like, (laughs) it was a week. It was a week later. I had no idea what they were talking about. I was like, what? You're like, ooh, 
Ooh. And then, I, mean, I, never, and then, I never post retractions. I never post retractions. Like, so, they were like, yeah. we we bought. Yeah, I thought Nerdist bought. And I was like, no, no. Like if you pay, you, you could own it if you just pay for my parking at this point. Like it ain't worth nothing. I've, <laughs> I've actually, I've got, I've got one to outdo that for, for, specifically for the American Tail one. Um, okay, don't it was, spoil it here, pal. It's five year old spoilers, man. Okay, um, convention's it, coming back. But it will. Well, save it. Save it's just, it's just was one of those great moments where, like, I think everybody always wants to have like one high school, like you know, years later. So, um, I made it look like it was a Hollywood Reporter article about it. And I got like people really believed it. Like I think they wanted uh, to believe in something. Sure. What so, was it? it, it <laughs> and so I got calls from high school friends that I hadn't talked to in years. And there was even like one that I had specifically tried to keep in touch with, and he got too busy with his life. Um, and then it was like three years later that I get like a voicemail, and it's like it was it was almost kind of sobering in a way of like what fair weather friends were going to come out. <laughs> like what, what was know? the gag? The gag was the American tail one. Yeah. The American tail one. But like, people were it, like, Oh man, you're going to be famous. You're playing, you know what? Well, uh, no, it you wasn't know what even... a horrid movie you described. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, I, it's like, I don't know how many, like how many more ways to sort of like, you know, make it sound more and more implausible where I'm just like, Live like, action. We're know, doing one take. Each, Michael Bay's like, directing. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But like, it was kind of great because I, you know, he, the friend, like, there wasn't in the voicemail like any sort of pretense of like, hey, let's keep in touch or it's been a while, let's catch up. It was just like, hey, I got a question, call me. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I don't want to call you. Yeah, and it the was, only reason you're leaving this voice message is because you fell for an April Fool's gag. Well, what was great about it was is that it went on. He called me once a day for five days, and Yeesh. I just always knew because it was like by the area code. I didn't answer it, and so eventually he was like posting like on the on the you know he put on the post, and I again I'm not posting any retractions. He puts on the end, um, you know, can't find the link. Please post a link, and that was always the part that was funny for me was that I had the screen cap that had the URL. So they just the thought of someone like meticulously looking at it and trying to like copy the URL, <laughs> oh, no. um, you know, right. and then like and it just like keeps trying to make it work, and then you can't like you feel it, you know if, if the link doesn't work, you it try says to like start error not found. What's yeah. happening? Then it's and, under construction. What is this? Yeah, and so eventually he just like one of a one of the other classmates just like posts like a gif like you fool. I mean, I'm sure that you were the like prime example of seriousness in high school if i know tom pinchuk i'm sure that right. you didn't pull a gag on anybody you were sure no like it's insane it's insane people yeah. know not to take me seriously in my old age just like they shouldn't have taken me that seriously in high school either i just like I, again i couldn't have thought it more like that, that's always the part that gets me is like i try to make it as as preposterous as possible but then it sure. just people want to believe you know if they yeah. believe that first lie you got them and then it's getting more and more yeah. outrageous yeah now let me just clarify this that everything i've said about andy Zena up until this point is absolutely accurate and you should buy the book because you will get a complete story and uh that that that's a guarantee <laughs> yeah the chicanery ends there Geeks yeah. Gavis. what i want y'all to do is i want y'all to uh, go fo follow Tom on these socials. What are your socials, Tom? And then use the socials to link over to the book. Go pick it up over at Zoop, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, what are some? Where are like the best socials for you, Tom? It's just. Uh, I mean, I've been posting them on Twitter about all all the time. So what's, what's, that, your, what's your Twitter? It's, at? it's just my name. It's just at Tom Pinchuk. Perfect. Um, 
And then there's all the links like, you know, you find links to my newsletter, which I've been kind of leaning more towards these days because I like to, you know, go in depth. Um, and um, there'll be links, you know, my website also to Zoop. Um, if you just look up like Zoop and Andy Xenon, you'll I guarantee you'll find it because we're, um, you know, that's uh, how Google works. But, um, you know, if you don't. <laughs> Uh, if you don't, if you find, you know, if it's on Twitter, you know, if you find me on there, um, I, I, that's all I've been posting about, um, Perfect. just links about the thing. Um, you know, we got some good, uh, Incentives. you know, got pieces of art, got some good endorsements for the book. Um, you know, we are selling pieces of art for the thing, uh, from the project itself. Um, Oh, buy that page with Jonathan's fi- picture on it. Do that. I'll make that available actually. You know, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I can make burn that. it. Maybe you can put a voodoo curse on it, and then when you burn it, I'll be like, oh, I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm on fire. <laughs> I know one specific person who will want that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know one specific person. I know about a hundred specific people. So well, I'm you, glad you got your rose gallery, John. You know, it's I got like, my rose gallery. It's, be, like, uh, it's like Royal Rumble, but it's everybody against you. I think we just pre-sold all your copies. Uh, okay, so follow Tom on on Twitter for that one at Tom Pinchuk. Katie is also on Twitter. She's at L Sassy Pants, as you see if you watch this. And then Matt Kelly's got the final word here. He said. There was someone I knew whose voicemail was, hey, sorry I changed my number, but you can reach me at, and then would just provide the number you just called. (laughs) It was kind of brilliant because who remembers anyone's phone numbers enough to even notice they were giving you the number you just called in your contact. So you're stuck in a loop of it. So that's a part of it. Uh, Geekscape is, we got some business coming up in the next couple of weeks. We got another Geekscape episode coming for you next week obviously we have like 14 shows in the network so if you search for geekscape you're going to find one of our shows on the podcatcher i'm a big fan of geekscape games derek had a really great xbox game passengers uh, that was out earlier this month um that actually made me want to play titanfall 2 um geekscape games got me to spend all last weekend playing dragon quest 11 thanks guys productivity <laughs> out the window uh, and we also have horror movie night We've got Matt Mania. We have Femme Regard. We have so many great shows for y'all to check out. This is probably the worst one. So what are you doing here? <laughs> um, and, uh, just search for some Geekscape. Get out there and enjoy it. And then again, look on socials for that Patreon coming up to help support Matt because he's keeping this well-oiled machine rolling. Uh, it is a well-oiled machine. So, <laughs> Katie... We're going to be back next week, and then I think we have Suicide Squad coming up. You know, Ian's going to be back for that. We're going to have a lot of fun stuff on this, so share it with your friends. Are you looking forward to that? I am. I've heard that it's hyper-violent, pure James Gunn, and it uh, from the trailers i can tell the villain looks to be starro who's one of my favorite dc villains so i'm super stoked for that i was impressed that it was the first like lineup trailer where i actually had to look up a third of the characters in it because they were that obscure yep i'm stoked and obviously uh, geeks gave us remember sean gunn's been on the show and we're uh buds with david david Demalchian. I totally mispronounced his name, but he's playing Polka Dot Man. And uh, there's just a lot of fun stuff to look forward to in that movie. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what's going on. Um, I've been watching, trying to see a lot of movies recently. I definitely am going to go see Snake Eyes because why not? And I really, in closing, I really enjoyed this indie movie Pig with Nicolas Cage where he loses a pig. I thought it was great. It's, it, but this isn't some Nicolas Cage going crazy movie and eating up the scenery. He's, this is like, this is like 
fantastic actor, Nicholas Cage, it, doing like a, a very a, disciplined performance in a very artsy, very disciplined film. It is beautiful. Do you, do you beautiful ever see movie. that graph, like the Nicholas Cage Matrix, where it's like it's like awful to brilliant, and then like mental to like yeah. sane, and it just like puts all of his films in the quadrant that they're in. Where <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is this movie, Pig. It, just go find the trailer of Pig Nicholas Cage, and you're gonna be like, oh, this is actually an art house film. It is. It's fantastic, and it will surprise you. And it's just a beautiful movie. So um, I was, I went to see it because I'd heard it was great. Guillermo del Toro on Twitter said it was a beautiful movie, and I was like, they got Guillermo, yeah, they got Guillermo, they got me. And so yeah. we went to see it. Literally, like 15 minutes before it started, the theater down the street, I, Heidi felt like going to see a movie. I felt like going to see a movie. I said, we can make this one. I've heard it's great, and Heidi didn't know anything about it. And she's watching it. She's like, this movie is fantastic. And it is. Nicolas okay. Cage still has it when he wants it. Like right. he can still he can still turn it on, man. He can still turn it on. Um, Geekscape. Yeah, no, 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 no choosing to have like Pokey's voice for no reason. <laughs> exactly. Geekscape is love you. You'll get some more Geekscape next week. Go check out some other shows in the network. Thanks for having me. Good talk with everybody. Love um, you too, check, man. Out, check out the book. We will. Absolutely. Peace. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 